The first thing that you have to do here is learn the language. Otherwise, you're gonna have a hard time. So my main focus was English and then do whatever I, I could to make some money. Construction, concrete, plumbing, electricity. And it was hard, man. I was like, oh, damn, like whenever we architects design something and have the workers doing the work, it's a tough job. And I would like to do it like for free, you know, like I'll do whatever, just teach me how to do it. Welcome to High Level, my name is Axel and today I have the pleasure of interviewing my very good friend Abraham Cueto. Que hola bebé! Que hola Are you ready for this? Of course man! I wanted to start by talking about your transition from coming to Mexico, coming into LA, coming to America and trying to go big and try to become a, an architect and everything that you do here. So tell me a little bit about that backstory. Well I was involved in architecture like my whole life because my dad was an architect so it was something that always like i wanted to strive on i wanted to be better at it and then when i was in my school i kind of feel that in my hometown we had like limitations you know mm -hmm. it was like a very small world i had a chance to come to the u.s when i was 15 and then i kept coming like every six months or so so how did you feel that first time when you're 15 and you come from mexico to la different world man <laughs> like i'm like where the heck am i living you know like because this is a uh, city like one of the best cities in the world mm -hmm. so my hometown even though it's the capital of the state is just like a very small town yeah so we don't have skyscrapers big buildings nothing like that so i was very impressed about all these buildings uh, the architecture that uh, can be developed here and even though I, I have to say like people from california especially los angeles some of the houses are not the prettiest in most of the cities but there are some like if you go to Calabasas, Beverly Hills you know here even Woodland Hills uh, they have really nice houses and then I was like oh this is something that I want to be doing you know so it got my attention those type of buildings and the opportunity that this country has yeah know? yeah I remember for me the first time that I left Cuba I went to Paris and I remember you know, landing and seeing over uh, when you're flying in, mm -hmm. seeing the scenery was completely different. And then when I came out of the airport, it was like, I'm walking into a freaking movie. This is insane. <laughs> exactly. Actually, here is like a never ending city, you know, here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. My hometown is really small and surrounded by mountains. And here's like a never ending city. And I'm like, wow, I remember we arrived at night. So mm -hmm. it was beautiful. So from that first trip, you said, okay, I want to live here or it was like cool to visit, but not really what you, where you wanted to end up. That day I didn't decide that I wanted to move here, but to be honest, I was like, oh, there is something else than what I've seen my whole life. Cause we just travel here and there in Mexico, but it's not the same as this beautiful city. So I was just like, this is a place that I want to come often. And just because of the diversity that we have here. You know? Just by being here, yeah, for sure. Because there's so many people from so many different places. Mm -hmm. We have friends here in LA from like from Africa, from Maryland, from Venezuela, uh, Miami, like all the different Latin countries. People are here. You have friends from Russia. We have friends from Armenia. It's mm -hmm. kind of insane the amount of people that we have here. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your experience after you came here, I, I bet it's super difficult and complicated making that move here. But then once you're here for a few years, how do you transition from 
like working? I know you had all kinds of odd jobs until you were mm -hmm. able to actually be an architect. How did that transition happen? Yeah, I did a lot of different type of jobs mm -hmm. from a factory, like working in a factory to do accounting for a hotel. But you yeah. were an architect in yes. Mexico, like you're graduated from from school in Mexico and then you come here and you have to work like shitty jobs. Shitty jobs. Well, I was learning English, you know, because my aunt told me the first thing that you have to do here is learn the language. Otherwise, you're going to have a hard time doing whatever you want to do here. So my main focus was English and then do whatever I, I, I could to make some money. And then I started like working in a construction company thanks to one of uh, my aunt's friends. He was oh, you can come work with me. I did uh, construction, concrete, plumbing, electricity. And it was hard, man. I was like, oh, damn. Like, whenever we architects design something and have the workers doing the work, it's a tough job. And actually, that kind of helped me to, whenever we do the blueprints, uh, to have them have considerations to them, you know, make them their work easier. So the transition was like, with this contractor, I was hey, you know, I can draw, I can draw, I can do 2D and 3D drawings for you, and I would like to do it like for free, you know, like I'll do whatever, just teach me how to do it, because the construction system in Mexico is different than here. You know, here we use more wood, over there we use more concrete and steel. So this guy gave me the opportunity. I started like learning from him, going to him in different jobs, and I remember the first. <laughs> Uh, job that I got it was uh, we designed a pool and I didn't know how much to charge here for plans you know and I was oh, you know I'll charge you 200 bucks he was like I'll give you 250 you know so he gave, <laughs> 250 gave those, yeah, so he gave you 50 dollars more, more you know just because and now when you design a pool now it's like thousands of dollars yeah, almost like 5k um, Great. we can architectural engineering so he got a good deal definitely got a good deal <laughs> so he kept me around for about a year and a half and I learned most of the basic stuff, I would say. And then I had the chance also to pull some permits with him. So that gave me a grasp of what has to be done. I just didn't see myself working for somebody else because it was like the creativity was limited there. I just had to follow orders and it wasn't what I really wanted. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do just my own thing. And I talked to a few people before I did that jump. Yeah. You know, a few uh, uh, draftmans, uh, architects, designers that were in the industry that were they were like, you don't need to be a licensed architect here in LA to do architectural work. Uh, so that's how I started doing it. I I would say like, in a way, I was lucky, but I think I was just like doing the work, asking, 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 and using Google a lot. Yeah, Uncle Google, Uncle like Google. Abraham. Abraham loves to say whenever you need something. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Google, Uncle YouTube, they, they could help you. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then starting doing my first few jobs with people that, that, you know, knew me at the time. And I was charging like just a decent amount and uh, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But uh, along the way, uh, I kept asking and I kept uh, just fixing. What are some of those mistakes that you made like at the beginning when you were starting out? For example, sometimes it wasn't profitable, you know, whatever amount I was charging, I was not making money. I was just having kind of like experience. Other one was like measurements. Like whenever you go to the side and measure, you have to make sure that you're getting the right, uh, you know, 
uh, dimensions and mm -hmm. sometimes I, I did wrong because I'm more used to meters than feet and yeah. inches so it was diff different it took me like probably two or three times to, to learn that also with the city uh, some of the documents that they require I didn't fill them up properly and I got a few of my clients kind of like in trouble because they were like oh you are pulling them as a contractor but we don't have it and we're doing it as a homeowner so stuff like that yeah. but thanks God there were not like big, big things problems, yeah. yeah and the thing here in LA is really complicated um, I mean I don't know the details but listening to you working with with your team and all of that mm -hmm. it sounds like it's really complicated to get all the permits and it takes forever and I know all of my friends that don't live in LA they're even more afraid of you know like getting permits and being able to build something mm -hmm. and sometimes I see you like you're just talking about it like it's like yeah just another day we're gonna call the city and like we're gonna go there and get this approved and you get things approved all the time so is it really complicated like people think uh is it la is it crazy to build things in la like everyone is always talking about or what do you think i think it's not crazy and it is not complicated it's, you just have to follow the process so as long as you follow what the city is requiring from you and you meet the deadlines with them like whenever you have a revision try to get it as soon as possible. But I think um, what most people don't understand is that sometimes you do your part and then you have to wait for the city to do theirs. And especially during COVID, like things have gotten very slow. We designers, we got all the blame, you know, it's like, hey, you're taking too long. This is nuts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you have to understand that the city has their process and then we have to follow them. And I think for us as designers, what we have to do is get a very skilled project management. So whenever the ball is on our court, then we do our part as soon as we can and put it on and someone else, someone else on the city in this case. And then as long as they could do it faster and and proper, because sometimes also they make mistakes, you know. As I recently mentioned to you that we are getting charged some school fees. We shouldn't be charged though charge for that but then we're talking to the plan checker and the supervisor and I think that's something that I would encourage everybody or every person that wants to do uh, a new construction or addition or remodel is just to be on top of the city and try to if the plan checker cannot solve the problem go to the supervisor or the supervisor of the supervisor you know go up so just keep going keep pushing yeah, on keep people asking. and also don't forget to add your client in those emails so they know that you're doing the work that is not just you lying to them or telling them, oh, like, I don't know, you know. It's like, hey, the city just told me this, here's the email, and they know, and then they're going to be more tranquil. Great. So we hear a lot of talk about people living in California. Everyone is saying that California sucks, taxes, the situation with the government, the situation with businesses and things being closed and people just leaving, 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 leaving. As far as you can tell and with the constructions and everything, do you feel like that's like the future is everyone is going to start leaving California and we're going to become kind of a less crowded place or what do you see on your end? To be honest, like I don't think that this is going to happen to LA because it has like... Um, a lot of important things for the world like for example you that work in the mm -hmm. movie industry Hollywood is here so that brings a lot of people we have one of the most beautiful beaches mountains like I don't think that people are gonna be living like mm -hmm. 
it, like that dramatic change in terms of population, but of course because of taxes and all the adjustments that the government is doing, like I think people are like, oh, no, I'm gonna go to a state that is more uh, reasonable with those charges, you know. And but with as far as construction goes and all that, do you see like there's a decrease in new buildings or? I, th I think it's an increase. An okay. increase. An increase. I think people are doing more remodels, more like new new builds than ever before, I would say, because I was checking on the website of the city and they were saying like, I think 2019, I'm gonna just give you a number, let's say, they just uh, approved 10,000 permits. And then uh, the first four months of 2021, they did over 10,000. So there are like, probably I would say like three times more demand this year than two years ago. Gotcha, so that means we gotta keep trying to buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you and I, we have been trying to buy some properties and we have been developing projects and doing things like that. And it's really hard. Mm -hmm. So something that I wanted to ask you about is how do you keep going the same with the city when you keep pushing on those things and the projects that we're trying to work on, how do you get through, you know, failing and making mistakes and then getting back and trying again and doing it again? I think it's something that I'm even still like learning at uh, this moment. Pretty much you have to see what isn't working, you know, because otherwise if you cannot identify it, then fix it, you're, not, you're gonna keep doing it. And I think for us as professionals, uh, we don't like to accept that we're not doing something the right way. So I think the first thing that we have to do is be able to see it, what we're doing wrong, and then assess it, change it, fix it. And if we don't know how to do it, reach out to people. Like I have reached out to you, like, hey, Axel, I don't know what to do with this. Like I've been struggling with uh, project management. Like I, I think that I have too many projects and I feel overwhelmed. And when we went through the list and you told me, what do you need to do on this, this, this and that? And now I, I, we were able to like identify. give it a name to what gotcha. the things that were like stressing me out. Uh, now it's like, oh, it's not that complicated. You know, it's all in our minds. You know? Yeah. But I'm glad that I have a friend like you that, that could help me with this, you know. Yeah. And you have helped me with, with thing, the same thing. Because something that you always tell me that it has helped me a lot is that you always say, remember that it's temporary like the pain is temporary so that has been really good uh for me in the middle of like all the stress of everything that i have going on that has always helped me uh and i know for you you have a lot in your plate too and you go through a lot of stress but then you're also a really happy person so i really like that about you and another question that i had was in relation to like applying that same mindset to fitness like we started working out about almost two years ago. Yeah, about that. Yeah, and I used to be like really skinny and like weak <laughs> before I met Abraham and now he turned me into a little beast. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about that and that transformation because you went through something kind of similar where when you were a kid, you were not strong at all. Mm -hmm. And now it's like we walk into places and people are like, oh, damn. <laughs> Look at these two beasts. Yeah. Well, as you know, like we have to do hard things to get good results. So I think that's something that I like to do in terms of fitness that's why sometimes you tell me like hey you're lifting too much because it just feels good to be able to do that hard thing and that now I'm capable of doing it when like a few years ago I wasn't you know yeah and I think when you are able to change your body is one of the most 
gratifying things because you could see it you could feel it yeah people could tell like oh, dude, you've been working out you know yeah. like uh and it was something that i've i didn't have before because uh when i was younger i was very slim then when i was doing uh, swimming i got a little bit more built but then i got a little bit chubby and then had a transition from there to a little bit more fit i just like the fact that I was able to change myself by believing in me and then having that goal of I want to be better and if I could see all these people that can achieve it why I cannot like you mm -hmm. know it's possible even though we do the work like for example we've been talking about like I want to get my six-pack I want to get leaner and I train and even though I'm doing the work there are other areas I have to take care of mm -hmm. in this case, like, for example, diet, do more cardio, sleep more and be consistent. So I think I still have to fix a few things there, but I'm really close to get it. Yeah. Really close to get it. And I like the transition that I have been having, like mentally and physically. And it's not just because of me. I think also the people that surrounds me, you know that I've been lucky enough that they keep pushing me towards what I want and reminding me of like, hey dude, you decided to do this. How is that transferring to like your business life? Because for me, it's something that I try to trick myself into, okay, you have to go and train and do this really hard because if you're not able to do that with your body, then how are you going to be able to make all of these big films that you want to do? So I use that trick because otherwise, like physical for me, it, it's not that important. It kind of became more important as I grew older. Mm -hmm. uh, how have you used that same mindset that you use in the gym to then apply to like your business or other areas of your life? Because there are many people that that I talk to who want to like maybe work out, but it doesn't feel like is necessary for them. It's almost like it's something that would be nice to have, but the effort doesn't add up to the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear what you think about that. Well, first of all, like whenever I train, I feel that I feel better afterwards because I already did something hard. So if I'm going to be facing something really hard in my job or a client's going to call me, something's going to go wrong. I already lived, I don't know, 300 pounds on a deadlift or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I can deal with this thing. So I think that part of training helps me with my business. Also, it's like when we work out, we, we do so many reps, so many sets with so many weight, and we don't see the results like this, right? You have mm -hmm. to wait. And the same goes with your business. You have to do the hard things, even though you don't see results, even though anybody tells you anything, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you haven't been, whatever but then you keep doing it and eventually it's gonna show. And also it's about not quitting. Like for example, when we're lifting really heavy and we're in that last rep and we think that we cannot lift it. But then we think about, for example, the goal that we wanna achieve physically or a goal that we wanna have in life, a girl that we want to be with or, you know, like yeah, whatever that, motivates you. That's your motivation right there. <laughs> sometimes, yes. And, yeah. Or also sometimes like, I don't wanna be weak. You know, I want to be my best self, then I'll, I'll, I'm going to do this. Sometimes we do it on our own, and then, or some of our friends are there to spot us, you know? A little bit help, 
-hmm. and then we reach that and then we go for two and then we go for three and it's like I could do more than what I think I could especially when you have people around because I remember uh, training with Jimmy Swag Uh, Jimmy's one of our friends Mm -hmm. big shout out to Jimmy he's amazing and every time we we see Jimmy at the gym it's like oh shit like because he's gonna just by being there and looking at him, we know that we have to lift more and we mm-hmm. have to lift heavier. And I remember you and I did something super crazy called the 4x24 challenge. And we started this year, for those of you guys who don't know, mm-hmm. we did a workout of some kind starting at midnight on January 1st. Mm-hmm. We ran four miles, then at 4 a.m. we ran four miles, then at 8 a.m. we did a full workout, then at noon we did another full workout, then at 4 we did the bicycle, bicycle we mm-hmm. did like five, four, five, six miles mm-hmm. on the bike by Santa Monica, then at 8 we did another full workout, and then at midnight we closed out with a, a hike, hike in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the coolest things I think we have ever done. It was mm-hmm. incredibly hard, mm-hmm. but it was so amazing because of the, the small group of people that we had that was taking on that challenge mm-hmm. and definitely has been something really amazing that we all got to share together. So mm-hmm. what, what are some of those things that people around you have helped you in this last couple of years that you could say, yeah, that was something like... In terms of the... Like in general. Because I think people talk about, yeah, the people around you matter and all of that. I don't know. I think it's very true. And sometimes we don't even sit down to think about it. It just, you just take the people around you kind of, those are the people that are there. Uh, And I know you and I had a lot of changes this last year and we have learned a lot from each other and we have other people who are close to us that have added a lot to our life. Like big mm-hmm. shout out to Mr. Reginald Stalin. Mm-hmm. Hope to have him on the podcast soon. Especially you and I, we don't have our families here mm-hmm. because we come from another country. And that is amazing that we were able to to advance and come here to America and like make something for our lives and for our families. But it also takes a toll. So uh, if you could tell me a little bit about that experience. Even though we're all so different, uh, in our stories, like we think that are different, they are not. Like there are a lot of similarities, um, and how we could identify ourselves in other people and be like, oh, it's going through this, and this is gonna help me to get through what I'm going through. For example, uh, when you are going through a hard time, that probably you, I'm gonna share one time uh, with everybody here in your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you were able to survive all that you know however you you did it like it made me respect you even more and even respect uh, our friendship and respect the fact that i have somebody to rely on even though he's going through the hardest thing in his life you know because you were there with me even you, you were thinking about this stuff so I think that was very important for me as a friend because people could be there when they're feeling good, like most of people do. Like, mm-hmm. But when they're going through the worst times and then still they're like there to help you, it's like, oh, damn, <laughs> this matters a lot. And it's something that 
that I appreciate a lot, you know, that you did mm -hmm. at that time. And it can answer like the question that I have told you a few times, like, why do people want to be my friends? Mm -hmm. It means because also in your heart, hardest time, I've been there for you mm -hmm. and I've been there supporting you. So I think that kind of reciprocity yeah. is something really cool that I hope more people could have, not just in their friendship, in our relationship with their family, you know, you're like, hey, I'm here, even though like I'm struggling, I cannot even breathe, I'm still here and I'll leave you off too, you know, mm -hmm. so... I think that was a gift that I got this year uh, from you. Yeah. yeah, and likewise from you, because like I really respect that you have been there for me too, and I think it comes back to that reciprocity. Like you have, you are someone who gives of your time and your intention to other people, and that's why you get that back. It's like sometimes people. Whenever I hear people not believing in other people or not trusting in other people, mm -hmm. it, it makes me doubt a little bit their own ability to do the same. And maybe they just they just tried it and got hurt and mm -hmm. then put defenses up. More like it. Uh, and in my case, it has happened. Like I've had people that I helped and then they don't reciprocate or they don't really take advantage of like all the help that you're giving them. They actually get you in trouble. They actually, I've had people like take projects away from me. I've lost money because I, I went out of my way to help other people. Uh, and I remember one time I had this situation with a project and I was going to like file a lawsuit and like try to go after that person because they just like ripped me off with the, this project. And a good friend of mine who's uh, my legal advisor too, he said, you know what, the energy that you're going to spend going after them, you might as well just use that energy to build something new and create something. You should probably just bet on you and that it doesn't matter if those people did that to you, just you're going to be better off using that mind power to move forward and like build something new. So... That's really cool. So tell me, what are you working on right now that you're planning to do for the rest of the year uh, with all the designs that you have coming up and everything that you guys are putting together? What's the, the future for the end of the year and what's coming for next year? Well, by the end of the year, we want to have our website. We want to have our uh, set of plans that are already pre-designed that people could go buy. And then we can tweak it a little bit so it's ready to submit to the city and create a process a little bit and make the process a little bit easier for our clients and for the city because it's going to be a set that is, it has like in, er, almost everything that they need to get approved. So that's one of the things that we want to do. We want to do more collaborations with contractors that want to not just build to build because I think it's something that happens here and even in Mexico like people just build to build because we you know they just want to have the profit of the business which is a very profitable business you know real estate but to be honest like my team and I we've been talking like hey we want to do something that is creative that you know we can put our souls in it and it's not that we don't put it in our, the products that we do but some that are really uh, kind of like copy paste Mm -hmm. uh, we don't enjoy that and we want to do something that is more creative and we have to align with people that want that to build that so that's why we're trying to do partnerships with a few contractors that are aligned with that 
then we could do not just ADUs in addition, but new construction, getting to luxury homes. That is the goal that we want to have. Uh, you know, as we talk, we want to build a website for all things, ADUs, luxury houses, and then um, start like taking some courses as well ourselves to improve our skills with the softwares that we use and then with project management. And one of my juniors and she's even wants to take like accounting, like different courses because they she wants to get uh, new connections. And I think that's something that is very important and that we have talked about that we mm-hmm. have to create a better uh, network you yeah. know, with better people. So we can reach our goals faster in a way because we don't know this person who is going to introduce us to and then that connection could change our life probably we just need one shot a good one yeah and that could change like the whole thing so we want to focus more on that for sure and getting the numbers right because i think uh sometimes and i'm going to talk particularly about me like I don't know all my numbers, so I want to get the numbers right. So I make sure that our business is profitable, that we're making good money, just not just for ourselves but for the company. You know, so you could keep growing. To close out, I wanted to ask you about big dream. If you could build anything, you could build. What would that look like? That's a great question. Actually, I've never thought about that. So. To be honest, I think it would be like not apartment complexes, like a big complex, but more about like a community of houses. Of course, we're going to keep like the model simple, minimalist style, but I want to create like a real community, even though like the houses are going to be individual, like not like touching each other like Uh we have here, like creating their own land, having the house probably surrounded by nature, lakes, but a little bit more futuristic, probably we're going to have like has like tunnels or something there okay. i'm just like imagining it right now and so you said a group of houses group of houses like a big community can i get one of course man <laughs> you, you're gonna be the first one to have one and probably it would be between malibu and ventura area i don't know why like i like it i like that area too so it will be between the mountains and the ocean so i think it brings a really good contrast the water the mountains and I like it. Actually, I'm going to have to start thinking about the designs of those houses. You know? Okay. And that's exactly what I wanted. Because mm-hmm. this is a high level, baby. We mm-hmm. have to go for your biggest dream, yeah. whatever is the biggest thing that you want to go after. I want you to get it. And I would love to be part of it. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you liked the episode. If you liked the interview, make sure to hit like, share it, and subscribe. And we'll see you in another episode. <laughs>